lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This is uh, Saturday morning in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. A uh, little bit of rain going to be around today, and I understand about the next four or five days. And I'm sure we need rain, or we wouldn't be getting it. There's just uh, just no way it'd be falling from the sky. We didn't need it. Want to give you a little update today on uh, on our legislative session, where we stand on that, and a couple other things, and a few things that are happening, and just uh, try to try to bring you up to date, and it'll make you understand a couple of things. One of the things you need to understand about the legislative session is. Uh, in the last few years, the process we followed is we've gotten our bill together before we've ever said anything about it. And then we get it introduced, and then we start telling you about the hearings and what we're going to do, et cetera. And, and most of the time, those have worked out pretty much uh, what we wanted. Uh, every once in a while, they don't, but for the most part, they do. We have until uh, day 28, which I believe is February the 26th or something like that, in order to get our bill across over to the Senate from the House. And that will not be a problem because uh, once it hits the floor, uh, it will go to hearing uh, right away and and, uh, have plenty of time to get over to the Senate before crossover day. Um, As you're aware, or probably should be aware, this is an election year. Therefore, the session is not going to last very long. I think it's over uh, March the 20th something 21st 22nd somewhere in there i believe uh so they're going to get out of there because the guys that are in office that are opposed can't raise off uh raise money to for their campaigns until after the session is closed so they're going to want to get out of there and go raise money and get out and start talking to the people to try to get reelected. uh and uh, we don't have a problem with that so long as we get something out of it uh, and hopefully we will we've discussed uh, in the past uh, some of the things we're asking for, we're we we don't have a real controversial bill because there's really not a whole lot of controversy left uh, in the gun rights organization here in Georgia, at any rate, other than than what uh, one group refers to as constitutional carry. I refer to it as permitless carry, and that's because that uh, to me, constitutional carry says that you can carry anywhere, anytime, any place, without any restrictions, because that's what the Constitution says. What the bills here, there's, I believe there's three of them uh, right now, what they say is uh, basically you can carry uh, anywhere you can now with a permit uh, without having to, to get the permit. There are reasons for having the permit, and there are reasons for keeping the permit for a little while longer, in my opinion. I will assure you that if we did not have a Georgia weapons license, we would not be allowed to carry on campus right now. We have used that license as a uh, as a weapon against our detractors in stating every time something comes up, they, they are, you know, the anti-gunners, the gun prohibitionists always say, well, you know, anybody can carry this. No, not anybody can. You've got to be 21 years of age. You've got to have background check by the FBI, GBI, and mental health check. And it's the most uh, law-abiding group of citizens in the state and in the country when you get right down to it. 
And that pretty well uh, eliminates that argument. There are some times when it doesn't, but for the most part it does. And I can assure you, had we gotten uh, permitless carry back 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to carry very many places at all right now. If you look at the states that have it, there's uh, I think there's 12 or 13 that have it right now. They are restricted on where they can carry without a license, and they do not have anywhere near the uh, other than Arizona and a couple of other states, maybe Alaska. Um, they don't have nearly as many places as we can carry uh, without a permit. Now, if you go to Arizona, they their gun bills are a whole lot better than ours, supposedly, but every time you walk into a restaurant, you see a sign that says, no firearms allowed, and those signs have the force of law behind them. So you really can't do as much in those states without a permit as you can in Georgia with a permit. So, uh, And then there's always the buying of the firearms. It, it uh, works as a background check. And as long as we still don't have national reciprocity, then it gives us reciprocity with certain states. Uh, we will, you know, we're, we're far doing away with the license, but we don't think that uh, now is the time. Uh, if you want to know when the time is, the time is when we get our other restrictions removed where we want to go. Uh, and until then, I'm willing to pay the 6 or $7 a year to, uh, to try to get the other places that we have not already created for ourselves. Uh, however, the, the bills that are down there, I don't expect them to pass. There's there going to be a lot of heat brought, which there has been in the last few years, to pass it, but I don't expect it to pass it. There may be something come along in, an ex, in another bill that uh, that would garner a little bit of attention. And if it does, you know, we'll get behind it. We're, not gonna, we're certainly not going to oppose it. It's just that we're not going to be out front pushing for constitutional or permitless carry until the time we feel the time is right. So... Uh, but what we are going to look for this year, uh, we're going to uh, do basically what they call a cleanup bill, kind of similar to what we've done in the past, uh, because, as I said, there's not an awful lot of controversial things left uh, in the state to, to get done right now other than expand places where we can carry. Uh, one of the things we want to address is the uh, uh, aggravated assault statute, which I've told you about before. Right now, under Georgia law, if you pull a gun and point it at someone in defense of your life and you don't shoot them, you could be charged with a 20-year felony. Uh, we're trying to get that changed. We want that changed to where uh, pointing a gun is still an offense, but it'll be a misdemeanor and uh, not a 20-year felony. And uh, pointing a gun at someone in defense of yourself when you fear that you're in, uh, when you're in fear of your life that should not be a penalty at all. So we're working on that. That's going to be in whatever bill comes out. Um, there's also a, a, a little technicality in uh, eligibility to maintain a Georgia weapons license. Uh, you, can, uh, you can have your license revoked if you're not eligible to maintain it. Now, presumably that says that, uh, that if you um, are arrested for a felony, whether you're convicted or not, you can uh, still be, uh, you can still have your uh, GWL removed uh, until you're proven innocent, and that's not the way this country should work. It should be the other way around. You don't want to be able to to have somebody's uh, rights pulled away from them just because they were charged with something. Uh, it's only after they're convicted. Um, we're trying to make the definition of a firearm consistent and not more restrictive than the federal law. Uh, 
farm uh, in Georgia, an antique farm, is considered a farm. In the, in the federal law, it is not considered a farm. So uh, that means that you could have it. If you, you have uh, gotten in trouble in the past, you could still have one in your home to uh, defend yourself, and you can have one to hunt with during the, uh, uh, during the, the uh, antique days, uh, during the black powder days. We want to uh, allow the uh, auction of seized firearms, the ones that, that uh, Atlanta probably has twelve, fifteen thousand 15,000 of them or so in their, their stockpile down here. We want to make sure that, that those, we want to add in a penalty to make them sell those firearms, and we would like to see them sold to uh, anyone eligible to buy a firearm. Right now you get on the uh, bid on the firearms if you are an FFL or a curio or a relic dealer. You have to have a federal firearms license to do that. Uh, we would like to see uh, anywhere, uh, any uh, George weapons holder, uh, Georgia weapons license holder, to be able to go down and bid on those guns as well. And uh, we want to, like I said, we want to force them into, uh, uh, well, we want to uh, force law enforcement into returning firearms that are seized for reasons other than a law violation, and you probably all run across somebody that had their firearm taken away from them by a policeman in DeKalb County or somewhere, and then when they go to get it back, they run into all kinds of trouble and, and time and effort uh, and and money, and a lot of times uh, if you try to sue, it's going to cost you more to sue than the firearm's worth. So we're trying to uh, to make them uh, return the private property to the to its rightful owner when, it's, uh, when it was seized uh, improperly. Um, we have a felon in, in possession statute uh, right now. It has an exception for people that get a pardon, but not for people that just get their firearms rights restored. Now, if you're convicted in another state that restores your right to possess a firearm, you should be, we feel, you should be able to have Georgia reciprocate and you allow, uh, you're be allowed to, to own that firearm. Uh, and uh, it, you may not be able to get a license, but you could still have one in your house. So we're trying to get that one taken care of as well. Uh, Misdemeanor marijuana uh, exception statute, if you read through that, it's very, you know, it it says, uh, it repeats itself considerably. And it's kind of confusing not only to anyone trying to read the statute, but sometimes to the probate courts as well. So we want to get that straightened out. Uh, There's a a couple other things I want to talk to you about. Uh, In the meantime, we're coming up to our first break. want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can join uh, $20 a year, and you can join for multiple years. You can be a lifetime member for $500 and get a nice uh, uh, Zach Brown Southern Ground Bad Monkey Knife with uh, Georgia Carry logo engraved on it. Uh, you can uh, follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter. You can follow me at GotYourBack64. You can contact us uh, through the website. You uh, There's a great frequently asked questions uh, section there for people who need answers to certain questions. You can visit that. You can find out everything we've done. You can download these uh, podcasts here, and you can download the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. 
I want to continue talking about some of the things that we want to try to accomplish in the uh, General Assembly this this year, actually in the next two months because they'll be over with it uh, in March. Uh, We want to repeal uh, Statute 38-2-301. That's entitled, Closing Places Where Farms and Ammunition Sold Were Disorder Likely to Occur. That is something that we thought we had taken care of in HB 60 when we did away with the uh, commercial, the governor's emergency powers to halt the uh, sale of arms and ammunition. Uh, And now we find this statute back here that says that uh, whenever any force of the organized militia has been called out for the performance of any duty under Code Section uh, 38-2-6, it shall be lawful for the commanding officer of the force, if it is in his judgment, the maintenance of law and order in the area into which the force has been ordered will be promoted thereby to close places where arms and ammunition are sold and all places where disorder is likely to occur. Now, who appoints the uh, commanding officer of the organized militia? The governor. So he still basically got that power if he wants to use it. And he, if he knows he's, he, uh, he has it, and uh, we need to get that out. So we're, we're going to uh, ask that that uh, be repealed so that that can no longer happen. They cannot disarm you or stop you from buying ammunition during uh, an emergency, a declared emergency. And when, when, tell me another time that, that is more necessary for you to be able to defend yourself than in a declared emergency when no one can get out to you, when you, the law enforcement can't get to you. And, of course, as we know, law enforcement's there to clean up and take names and, and measure distance and do forensic backgrounds to find out who shot you. So, um, you know, they're, they're not there. They, they do a great job in what they do, but rarely are they ever there when you actually need them to be there. And they can't be everywhere. It's not their fault, just a fact of life. Uh, we would also like to see uh, campus carry to extended to private campuses, but... That's probably not going to happen this year. We don't think the governor would sign that even if he got it through. Um, if we did get it through and he does sign it, that would be great, but we think that that will probably be, have to be put off to another session just in in terms of reality. And, and we want to be careful when we put things on these bills that that there's not something in there that the governor would uh, key on to, uh, to uh, veto. And that's what happened with... Uh, with 1060 back uh, two years ago, we had uh, basically making churches private property, and uh, he did not like that, so that we vetoed the whole bill and lost the whole bill. So we had to be careful about what we're going to do, at what we're asking for, and how we go about asking it. Uh, not that, that we don't like to push them, because that we do, but uh, you know, there's, there's no need in going to the trouble of trying to get something passed if you know it's not going to be signed into law. Uh, it's just it's an exercise in in futility and and the more the more failure you have the worse you're going to be in the in downtown and we we've been very fortunate very lucky we've only had two out of i believe out of 11 bills that were vetoed and uh so we we want to keep that record intact uh, a few other things going on about the state if you uh, if you live in Chatham County or if you're familiar with what's going on in Chatham County uh, there was a program on TV uh, Thursday night talking about the delay in Chatham County probate office, uh, probate courts, and in, in getting uh, carry permits to people. Uh, 
they it's taken five and six and seven months for some people to get their carry license down there. Uh, and that's supposedly caused by the fact that they don't have personnel to handle the the influx. However, uh, there are fewer permits being uh, applied for this year than there were last year. Don't know whether that's a, a function of the fact that they're not issuing them or whether it's something that, uh, you know, they're just not, just not getting them done. Uh, but uh, right now uh, they are are still saying it's five months and um, the uh, the issue came up before the commissioner meeting uh, this uh, last time and uh, they they were asked to uh, increase the funding of the probate court to allow for temporary handling of uh, hiring people to handle the application and the chairman said no he didn't see that adding it that was an emergency fund and he doesn't see this as an emergency and he says, and I quote, I'm reluctant to recommend we dip into emergency funds for this process. I see it as a privilege, not an emergency, said Al Scott, Chairman Al Scott, in the commission in January 26th meeting. Now, that tells you a whole lot about how he feels. And uh, when he says that you're right to keep and bear arms, which is, uh, is uh, right now uh, being constricted by the lack of a GWL, uh, he thinks that it's a it's a privilege for you to get that license, and and we know that it's not. This is a shall issue state that makes it a right, and uh, it should be treated as such. Uh, and you know, with the with the amount of crime reported in Chatham County and and the city of Savannah, you'd think they'd be happy to get more people in there to get background checks and have more citizens walking around in arm. But now they think it's a privilege, and and uh, that uh, you should be happy that you can get it just by having to wait four or five months. That sounds to me like a guy that needs to be replaced. But uh, you certainly need to remember his statements when you go to the polls to vote uh, next uh, next year. Uh, Got some good and bad and ugly and, and really bad and really ugly, I guess. Uh, one of the goods is uh, over in, uh, in Alabama uh, last, uh, last Saturday, uh, an escaped convict uh, was caught and shot and held by uh, by an armed citizen after he allegedly carjacked a car. Uh, due to the fact that the the guy was armed, uh, he was able to overtake the guy, stop the uh, the carjacking, and hold him until the police could arrive. Didn't shoot him, uh, unfortunately. Yes, so the guy will live to do it again, but. Uh, at any rate, he he was uh, stopped by another law-abiding citizen. You know, we have several of these in, that happen all the time. And Mom's Demanding Action and, and um, MSNBC uh, are always sitting around talking about how a good guy never has never stopped and doesn't stop. Uh, a good guy with a gun never stops a bad guy with a gun. Well, you know, we've, we've sat on here program after program after program, and you read them on on Twitter feeds, you read them on Facebook, you read them all around about how that's not the case. Uh, a lot of them don't get as, get reported as much as they should, but the fact is law-abiding citizens are definitely a deterrent to crime, and if you don't believe me, ask this escaped convict over there in Alabama. He, he will probably tell you that it is a deterrent. And in fact, there have been studies done in, uh, in other states. One of them was done in California back in uh, 
back in the 90s, I believe, they uh, the news agency went to prisons out there and they got uh, inmates who had been convicted of uh, a firearm violation, either, you know, armed robbery, things along that line. And they asked them what the term was, where they got their guns, number one. Not one of them said, I go to the gun store to get a background check. They got them off the, off the street uh, from uh, somebody that, was, uh, that had stolen them or, or whatever. They were illegal means that they were obtained, or they had their family give them one. Some of them get them from their family, but for the most part, they are all in, in, obtained illegally. And when you figure that they were already felons, they're, they're all, you can't get them any other way if you're a felon other than it be illegal. And those people uh, said, and this was straight across the board, all the prisoners in there said that they were not deterred by policemen. They were deterred by uh, armed, they were more afraid of armed citizens, people who, if they want to go into their house to try to rob them or break in, etc., they were more afraid when they opened that door that the guy on the other side might have a firearm than they were the police because you can see where the police are. They go down the road. They're not going to come back in a few minutes. You've got time to go in and, and do whatever you want to do. So, of course, those those studies don't come to light because they don't want to tell you that. They want to tell you that that, uh, that the bad guys are, are getting firearms from the legal points, the same place we're getting them, and that's just not the case. Uh, we had a Tampa gas station clerk shot an attempted robber um, in Tampa uh, Friday morning and uh, held him. They shot him, and a guy ran across the street and uh, fell down in the in the parking lot, and he went over and held him until the cops could get there to, to arrest the guy. Another one of those good guys with a, with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun. So... Uh, like I said, it happens, it continues to happen, and it will continue to happen as long as, as we are armed. And and uh, as Mark Walters, our friend on Armed American Radio, says, never leave your cave without your club. And uh, so th- that's exactly how we feel about it. You need to be prepared. I personally, and I think most of our members, all do the same thing, that when we leave, we are armed. If we can carry there, we will carry there. Coming up to another break, I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can join. You can see anything we've ever done. All our legal papers are on there. Every lawsuit we've done, we, uh, we litigate, we educate, and we legislate. And you can see all of that on our website. Uh, you can download the commercial-free podcast here at, our, at uh, newstalk1160.com or on our uh, Georgia Carry website, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. I uh, failed to mention at the opening of the show, I want to remind you that uh, we have set the dates for our 10th annual convention at Stone Mountain this year. It's August 24th and 25th. Um, We've got an awful lot of things planned for you. We'll let you know as as they uh, as all those things uh, come to fruition, and uh, the tickets will be on sale shortly. You can already go on uh, on our website, I believe. I know you can get it from uh, last uh, 
update the uh, link to the hotel rooms, and we're looking forward to having a, a good show. And that's one of the things that uh, Chuck Turney and I were talking about last week was all the all the inroads we made for corporate sponsors. We should have a fantastic uh, live auction and as well as a uh, uh, silent auction. So uh, you get plenty of time to save up your money and see if you can't get out there and we'll have a, a good time. We, we haven't nailed the speaker down yet, but we're working on a couple of really great speakers. And as soon as we get those nailed down, we'll let you know. Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey is a place where We've heard a lot of stories about people getting caught up there uh, just driving through and, and what have you, and, and they just uh, they just don't want you to have a firearm up there. However, there is a New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Club uh, who has uh, filed a suit, uh, a federal lawsuit, uh, against the state of New Jersey to overturn their extremist gun control laws. Um, they... Um, Right now, it is a, a May issue state, or yeah, a May issue state, and uh, they may or may not issue. And most of the time, it's really a may not issue because unless you have some kind of connections, you're not going to get a firearms license up there. It's just not going to happen. Uh, same thing with New York City, which I believe they've been sued as well. But uh, the um, they may they will only issue to those citizens who show that they face a unique need for self-defense. And as such, specific documented death threats or actual attacks. Uh, Ordinary citizens are barred from carrying a handgun outside the home for self-defense under the threat of 10 years in prison. Uh, The plaintiffs, of course, are saying that this violates the Second Amendment. uh, uh, We all know that it does. But trying to get something to, done about it is uh, is another story. Um, the um, the guy that that is there's a guy that that is uh, the plaintiff along with the the rifle club uh, stated that he got a letter from him that said that he his reasons for wanting a firearm license was not wanting to carry a firearm was not good enough because he lived in an area where crime was high and it was increasing and his threat was no worse than anybody else's so therefore he didn't deserve one so if you live in a neighborhood in new jersey where uh it's high crime and everybody up there is subject to being shot and killed and you don't have anything that's different from anybody else so uh you know it's it's just a way for them to to Thumb your thumb their nose in your face and say you are not going to carry a firearm up here. We won't allow it, and unless this federal lawsuit does something, then it's going to remain that way. Hopefully, it will uh, turn the tide and they'll be able to to exercise a little bit of freedom up there. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Also, um, don't forget that uh, there is. Uh, the National Reciprocity Bill that's sitting up there in uh, Mitch McConnell's inbox. We need to contact Mitch McConnell and, and our senators and start putting heat on them to try to get them to move that National Reciprocity Act out of his inbox and onto the floor where they can do something about it. Uh, also, uh, in the same in the same light, New York, uh, there's been a, a, a lawsuit filed in New York uh, to challenge their 
permit laws and practice as well. Uh, basically, the same thing as, as New York or as New Jersey. Um, they they claim that they have a licensing scheme, but really it's uh, it's not. It's just a tiny percentage of people that actually get them. And uh, you have to demonstrate, once again, that you face an immediate specific threat. In uh, practical effect, the law operates for most New Yorkers as a flat ban on carrying firearms for self-defense. Now, uh, the president, uh, Donald Trump, has a license for New York City, but he also has a few billion dollars. If you ha- and I'm, I believe uh, Michael Bloomberg might have one too, but he is, those people are in in the position to to make sure that they get their fires because of the fact that they've got plenty of money and they've got plenty of political connections, and it's it should never be that case. That's you know that's classifying citizens, and that's what's been going on for quite some time. So uh, hopefully these two lawsuits will uh, open up those two areas of the country and make them a little bit more uh, a little bit more uh, similar to some of the other states even if it you know they got a long way to go to to get to Arizona or or get to Georgia uh, licenses or uh, Georgia laws but if they can just open up a few things where they can get started then maybe they can keep the ball rolling and so need to wish those guys good luck if you got a little extra money you can also join their uh their clubs and uh, their associations and, and help them out with a little little donation up there. Um, also, uh, the Supreme Court of Ohio uh, ruled against uh, uh, Cleveland in a, uh, in a case uh, over uh, state preemption. Uh, apparently, uh, in 2015, uh, Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, passed several gun laws that were uh, unique only to them, and uh, it violated state preemption law. They, like Georgia, says that, that only the uh, General Assembly can control farms and pass laws to do such. And they went ahead and said, no, we can do it, much probably with the same attitude that Atlanta had back in the, about 2007 or so, that we'll do whatever we want to and we'll show you. And uh, that was... Uh, Actually, that was the finding was of the uh, appeals court. They appealed to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, "No, the appeals court's right. You're wrong. Your laws are no good." So, a little bit of good news coming from up north. Um, another good thing has happened here in uh, Gainesville. Uh, one of the Baptist churches up there uh, got together and got some training on uh, on weapons, how to shoot, etc., and situ- situational awareness. Uh, <clears throat> it was the um, mm, Cannon Baptist Church. Uh, after the shooting in Charleston and the one in Texas, they decided that they needed to, to start thinking about that. So they had church members go out, allowed them to... Uh, allowed them to learn how to use firearms, how to be more aware of what was going on, and uh, help train them to where they can be security for the church. And this is a this is a great thing, in my opinion. You won't have you won't see anybody walking in that church in Gainesville, Georgia, and doing what he did, what the guy did in uh, in Texas. So uh, another good thing, again, uh, that that the churches are realizing that they're they're soft targets. If they don't protect themselves, they're not going to be protected. 
and that's unfortunately that's a fact of life and if you don't uh don't believe me just go back and look at the look at the shootings look at texas look at charleston you can go back over the the uh church shootings for the last several years and you'll see there's been quite a few of them and uh in fact if you go back here uh you'll you'll know that uh, martin luther king's mother was shot playing the organ down here at uh, ebenezer baptist church one sunday morning and uh, she wound up dying as a result of that shooting. So um, it's just not a good thing to for you not to be aware of what's going on. Uh, we got some bad things here, uh, right over here where we're sitting, right next to Georgia Tech. There's been a rash of robberies lately, uh, and which tells me a couple of things. Number one, either the, the students are too young to be carrying, they were going to places that are, are off limits and couldn't be carrying, are they're just not uh, not willing to take the the uh, uh, responsibility of their own safety. Otherwise, these guys would not be able to get by with that. The, apparently, it's been uh, the same guys or some of the same guys doing the same thing here. I think there's been like 11 robbers in the last uh, last uh, couple of weeks, and um, the uh, police chief Erica Shields admits that their officers haven't done enough to protect the students. And she says, we will make arrests, and those individuals that we arrest will have previously skated through the judicial system. Just as APD must step up its game, the courts simply have to start accepting responsibility for this pattern of providing bond, adjudicating case, and glossing over criminal histories with the speed that they do. Geez, that sounds like something I said two or three years ago about taking out the uh, revolving doors at the jail. They, they arrest somebody, and by the time they get through with the paperwork, the guy's out the back, and he's got a string of robberies, a string of of, uh, of felonies, and he's still out on the street walking around doing as he pleases. Uh, I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org. Uh, we, uh, everything that we've ever done is on that website. You can contact us. You can join $20 a year. You can download the commercial-free podcast of this program. You can download the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, I uh, talked a few weeks ago, I believe, about uh, Warner Robins mayor had suggested that the employees be able to carry guns. And uh, he has uh, since gone in and talked, and he came back the other day and said, well, it's probably not going to happen because the commission won't go along with it, or the city council members won't go along with it. There's just not enough people to enact such a policy. He said, we talked about it, and there's not enough support. So I don't, uh, I don't stand off of my statements about our constitutional rights, but we certainly have the right to not allow city employees to carry weapons. So we're going to stay firm on that ban right now. Well, that's unfortunate, uh, in my opinion, but uh, they want to do that. If you if you go back and look, however, you know, in, in HB sixty uh, in twenty fourteen, uh, we allowed. We got the, the the law allowed people to carry, citizens with GWLs to carry into uh, public buildings that do not have uh, 
uh, wanding that do not have metal detectors. If they don't have security set up, then anybody with a Georgia weapons license can carry in there. And uh, two years after that, the city officials of, of Demarest, Georgia, which is located up around uh, Chattahoochee Natural Forest in Habersham County, they began to allow their uh, their workers carry on the job. Now, uh, they decided that it was that they would do that because uh, people who didn't work for the city could certainly carry their farms in there. And uh, he felt that uh, the same rights should be afforded to the citizens or to the employees that were afforded to the citizens and uh, that they basically really should do that. So they did. Some employees uh, now carry uh, the firearms. They have a a specific uh, method that you have to go through in order to get approved to do it, et cetera. And uh, it has worked fine since about 2016. So the last couple of years they've been doing it. And uh, he says, we came to the conclusion that anyone that was exercising their personal rights would be held responsibly liable if they would be liable at all. It would not fall upon the city's shoulders. And so uh, they had, they did that. And uh, out in uh, New Mexico, Roswell, uh, you probably heard of Roswell over the, the spacecraft that supposedly crashed out there in, the, in what, 48 or something like that. Uh, they voted uh, to let their workers carry firearms on public property. Uh, Kansas legislators also approved a bill in 2016 that would permit their workers to carry. Uh, And that law uh, not only permitted it, it eliminated local governments being able to restrict their employees from having guns in certain public buildings, according to the the papers out there. So, uh, uh, you know, what what some Warner Robins council members have said now, the, the focus should now be on finding other ways to be proactive about preventing crime well the best way to be proactive in my opinion is to be armed if you're not armed uh a lot of your proactiveness just kind of goes out the window it's uh you can talk about all you want to not going to happen got a sad story uh i believe which we could call ugly or sad and that is uh remington remington arms is uh filing well, they're seeking funds right now to file for bankruptcy. Apparently, they are uh, considerably in debt. Um, it's been speculated by some that uh, if they'd have stayed with rifles instead of trying to get in the handgun business, they'd probably been a whole lot better off. But they uh, they have about a $950 million debt pile that's uh, been reported by Reuters as such at any rate. And... Uh, they're looking for whatever financing they can get to, I'm sure, to restructure and, and stay in place and keep the business going. But it's funny that that's the only manufacturer that I know of in firearms business that's having any kind of trouble at all. Uh, they're, uh, they claim that the, the sales declined after Sandy Hook because the Bushmaster was used up there. And I, I find that hard to believe. I think that... Uh, I think that's not the case. Now, some of the people, uh, some of their uh, investors have pulled out, and I believe that's a bigger bigger problem than anything else they've got is the fact that those uh, investors have pulled out, and now they have to replace that money, which they did not expect, with some money from uh, from another source. And uh, but I, I don't see that they're I don't see them going out of business uh, because of the. 
because of the fact that they made the Bushmaster. That's just that, that does not even sound close to being right. I think that when they started expanding, going into handguns, that they uh, they made a mistake. They should have stayed where they were. They made some of the best shotguns and rifles for years, and that's that's where their market is. That's where their name is, and that's where they should have stayed. But um, apparently, their sales uh, says they they plunged twenty seven percent in the first nine months of twenty seventeen, resulting in twenty eight million dollar operating loss. Um, twenty eight million dollar operating loss does not get you to nine hundred and fifty million uh, real quick. Like there's there's got to be something else going on there besides that. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see what what happened. Uh, I got a I got a Got a quote here that I'm calling literally the stupid quote of the day. This came from local law enforcement in Alabama. Uh, Alabama Senate has a bill, Senate Bill 3, that would allow permitless carry. Uh, just similar to what's over here uh, in the hopper, what's been in past in other states. You just wouldn't have to have a firearms license if you're not prohibited. You could carry the firearm. And this came from a sheriff. Uh, Sheriff Taylor says, if you do away with the permit that's actually current law, when we catch the criminals, we don't have any grounds to do anything with them if you take that law away. Yeah, it's stupidest. <laughs> Marshall sitting over here looking at me like I'm stupid. I'm reading this off the paper. That's what the guy said. If you can imagine a sheriff being against that because now he he can't, get him for anything well i'm sorry you couldn't have got him for anything anyway if that's the only problem you had if he didn't commit a crime you you can't get him for anything so that was kind of kind of one of those things that i i kind of shook my head at and still trying to figure out where he's coming from other than the fact that he's coming from a uh from a gun banning position into uh trying to say it in another way without saying i'm against guns and on the other hand, I've got what I call a, a really good comment of the day. And it uh, was made by Nicola Machiavelli. I think there can be no worse example in a republic than to make a law and not to observe it, the more so when it is disregarded by the very parties who made it. Now, does that sound like anything going on in the United States right now? We've got... We've got classes of people in this in this country, as you well know, that are above the law and continue to be above the law, and in my opinion, will stay above the law because they're gonna they're gonna do what they can do to maintain their position, and it, you know it's good enough for for you, but it's not good enough for them. We've seen that through Obamacare. We've seen that through what's going on with uh, with Hillary's emails. Uh, you know, it just you can just go on and on and on and continue to see these things, but. Uh, it's something that we all need to try to try to work on, try to get something done about. But I don't know exactly how we're going to do that. It's until the court system starts holding people responsible. I think one of the biggest words in the English language that is not used enough and used properly is responsibility. You need to take the responsibility for yourself. I take it every day. I know you take it. If you carry every day, you take personal responsibility, not only for your your own safety. But the responsibility that goes along with you carrying that firearm, it is a big responsibility. People who do not carry do not understand that. But I will assure you, the minute you strap on a firearm and walk down the street, you will know it. It, it is not something that's taken lightly by anybody. 
And it's the fact that we don't want to use one. If we have to, we're going to have it, and we will do as necessary. Uh, been another uh, another another good program, I hope. Uh, we'll, you can let me know if you don't think so. Uh, we're coming down here to the end. I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can follow me at GotYourBack64 on Twitter. You can follow us at GeorgiaCarry on Twitter. You can uh, join at the website, $20 a year or uh, multiple years. Be a life member for $500. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to try to have a guy on that I talked about briefly last week named Jim Irvine from Ohio uh, Buckeye Farms Association to talk about uh, what we can do to make schools safer. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.